0: On today's episode of the Blue Bloods, September 19th, we finally have a full slate of games this Saturday, and football is all the way back. We're going to have our pick six, upsets of the week, storylines, Heisman Watch, and our brand new segment, Brandon's Gambling Corner. We have a giant show this week, so let's go ahead and get started. pick six this week we have a full slate of games like I said um starting out on Friday night with number 10 Utah visiting USC
1: yeah um Utah comes in the three and a half point favorite um not surprising since they're the number 10 team in the country and USC just came off a pretty bad loss to BYU on the road um the biggest thing for me is can Keaton Slovis have a rebound game um I still think he's the better quarterback in this game over Huntley for Utah, but Keaton Slovis has to clean up his mistakes. He cannot throw three interceptions and USC to lead USC to the upset. So I think Keaton Slovis, if he has a big game, I think the, the USC Trojans could be in for a huge upset.
0: You know, and I think that Utah wins this game um, pretty easily. I even think they cover this three-and-a-half-point spread. Um, I think it's at least a touchdown game. Um, and I chalk that up all to Zach Moss, uh, Utah's running back. You know He's averaging over 100 yards per game this season so far, uh, three touchdowns. I mean, he has seven yards every single time that he touches the ball. Um, and that's not to mention this USC defense is just kind of falling apart at the seams. You know They're, they're allowing 25 points a game.
1: Yeah, they haven't looked great. I still think this USC team is going to pull out this upset this weekend, though. I have a feeling... Keaton Slovis will have that rebound game I talked about. And I think this team will rally around Keaton Slovis, and they will want to prove something after getting upset last week on the road at BYU. I also think the layer of if Clay Hilton loses this game and USC falls to 2-2, two and two, Clay Hilton could be on the out uh, from Southern California. So I think the team rally around that storyline, their rally around their young quarterback, and they pull out this win. Um, so I'm picking USC to pull the upset this weekend.
0: Uh, To be totally honest with you, I've made a total 360 on Keaton Slovis uh, from last week. We were pretty high on him, but he is a bum. Go ahead and write it down. I don't care if he's thrown for 715 yards in two and a half starts. Those numbers don't matter to me. (laughs) What does matter is that he's thrown four interceptions and he threw the game against BYU in the worst tragedy in Utah since polygamy was made illegal.
1: Wow. Um, yeah, I'm still pretty high on this kid, man. I if I had to rank the true freshman quarterbacks, I would still put him top five, or uh, most likely even top three. Uh, I think Utah has their quarterback is built out by their strong running game, but USC has not had a strong running game to bail Keenan Lewis out, so he's had to carry this team on his shoulders. And as he gets more experience, he will. He'll get better at stuff like that. And I think having this game at home will make all the difference for Keaton Slovis and expect him to win this game.
0: It'll definitely be a different atmosphere. Um, But I I just don't think that this USC defense is very strong at all. Um, I think this USC offense is pretty inexperienced. um, And I think that Utah just has the upper hand here. Uh, I did a little bit of math on this one. And, you know, I learned pretty basic algebra over the years. Um, I've got Utah's offense, which is good, and Utah's defense, which is pretty okay, and USC's offense, offense which is pretty okay, and USC, USC's defense, that is pretty bad, and so, you know, if you cancel out the pretty okays, then you have a Utah offense that's good against a USC defense that's bad, uh, I, think, I think Utah has to win this game.
1: I mean, don't sleep on uh, Utah's defense. I do have USC picked in this game, but Utah's defense has played really well this year. They're on, they're allowing under 10 points a game and only allowing 65 yards rushing. So I would say their defense is pretty good. I, I would not classify them as just okay. I think the defense of outside of Zach Moss as a running back is probably better than their entire offense. So, definitely don't sleep on this Utah Utah defense. I think their stats are helped, though, by not playing really steep competition. So, I still expect USC to be able to score points.
0: All right. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, Moving on to Saturday, we've got the game that we've all been waiting for, the game that Zach and I are probably going to fight over. We have number 11, Michigan, visiting number 13, Wisconsin. Wisconsin comes into this one as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and this game is at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know about you, man. The thing that pisses me off about these Big Ten games, what is up with these 11 a.m. kickoffs, man? This game should be in prime time, under the lights. Like, let's see who's the better team. But, of course, we all got to wake up at 10.30 in the morning to start getting ready for this game. That's just ridiculous to me. But think, that's a whole other side note.
0: <laughs> I think it's just part of the whole Big Ten experience. I mean, you wake up at, you know, 10 a.m., start watching the games at 11, Uh First and second down, they run the ball at the middle. Third down, they have a play-action pass, and fourth down they punt. Uh, so, I mean, 11 a.m. kickoffs kind of go with, you know they go with it.
1: Oh man, that, that it just there must not be nothing to do up in the north. But I saw another debate for the all season. We'll get into that. Um, but I think the biggest thing is Jonathan Taylor needs to have his Heisman-defining game. He will. This is this is a huge game, and this is a game that Hosman winners typically hang their hat on when it gets down to the end of the season they're like they the husband voters ask what have you done for me this season Jonathan Taylor can hang his hat and say I put up 150 200 yards on Michigan this is the Michigan defense that you know historically has claimed to be really good but I, I see Jonathan Taylor still having a big game I just don't think I think Michigan does just enough just a little bit more to pull this game out
0: yeah, um you know, I just think that the star power of Jonathan Taylor, future Heisman trophy winner, uh Jonathan Taylor that is. Uh and J- Jack Cohen in this game. I mean, this this Wisconsin offense is just a powerhouse going up against this uh Michigan defense which is not bad, you know, don't don't get me wrong here. Neither one of these teams have really played anybody. I think both of them are pretty unproven, but the difference to me is that Michigan almost dropped a game to one of these teams that is, un- or one of these teams that they should have beat pretty soundly.
1: I agree. It's impressive. Wisconsin has allowed zero points per game and only 107 yards per game. They've only allowed 20 rushing yards per game so far, not against the steepest competition, but to hold t- to shut two teams in a row out is impressive. I don't care who you're playing. Um, Another thing is Shea Patterson has to live up to the hype. He came out of Ole Miss, and everyone was claiming this was the final piece Jim Harbaugh needed to make Michigan a real contender, and he has yet to really show me anything. He, 410 yards this year and three touchdowns in two games, but it hasn't been necessarily impressive. So I need Shea Patterson to step up. This is a big game. He did not step up last year in their big games, especially against Notre Dame. So if Shea Patterson makes the plays, Michigan wins this game. But if Shea Patterson plays average, Wisconsin is going to take this one.
0: Well, I don't know if you remember Shea Patterson when he did play for Ole Miss, but it was nothing impressive. I mean, in this season so far, playing against you know two teams that – I mean, who are they? I mean, they played Army, went to overtime with them but his QBR is 48, and I don't know how QBR is calculated. I don't think anybody does, but I know that that 48 is not good. Um, he's not a good quarterback, and he's probably a douchebag just based off of everything I know about him. Um, he wore number 20 as a quarterback at Ole Miss. I mean, case closed.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of embarrassing. I mean, there's, uh, there's a few other quarterbacks I know that were 20-something, but not, none not that good. are very good. Exactly. Um, Get <laughs> a real number. Uh, I mean, if I had to make a prediction, Michigan's going to take this game. It's going to be an extremely close game. I'm thinking three to, three to seven point game, nothing more than that. I think this will be the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. I think this game is going to come down to the wire. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And I think Michigan is going to squeak one out and steal one from the Wisconsin Badgers.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't see this Wisconsin team dropping a game, especially at home, um, especially after, you know, the came into the season. You know, people weren't really expecting them to go places, and now they're number 13 in the country, and then they have the opportunity to dethrone the number 11 team in the country. Uh, I think this game will be truly defining for both of these teams, and we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams. We're going to find out uh, how the Big Ten will really shape out after this game. Um, it'll be interesting to see Ohio State once they have, you know, <laughs> any real competition but uh you know certainly these two are two of the top you know at least five teams in the in the Big 10
1: I agree and whoever wins this game should be a top 8 7 team there's some teams above both these teams that have not played anybody Four. and I it, yeah that's who I was talking about <laughs> in, in in Utah and some other teams um Plus, they have some big matchups ahead of them that if people lose, they can jump really, really high. So I think the winner of this game gets a big boost in the rankings and gets gets to hang their hat on a signature win early in the season that they could point, point to when the playoff committee time comes around.
0: Moving on, uh, we have number eight Auburn visiting number 17 Texas A&M. And Texas A&M is actually a three-and-a-half point favorite coming into this 2.30 Saturday matchup.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: well, you know what they say about spreads, man. I think, what, home foot advantage is worth about three and a half points. So Especially Kyle Field. Yeah, so the betters are pretty much saying this is a toss-up game, which I agree. I think this is one of the underrated matchups in the SEC. I think a lot of people put a lot of stock into that loss that Texas A&M had against Clemson, but I think that was more Clipson was just that good. Texas A&M, I mean, I think is a really good team. I think Kyle Field's is a tough place to play. And Auburn comes in with a true freshman quarterback in Bo Nix. And this is going to be a huge test because even though we had a game in Jerry World against Oregon, Auburn had the crowd about, I would say, 60-40, 70-30. So it was really not a true away game for Nix. So this will be his first real road test.
0: Right. Um, in total transparency here, I'm picking Texas A&M in this matchup. And the beautiful thing about this podcast is that Zach and I don't really communicate too much before recording. And so we don't really know what we're going to say, but usually we think similar thoughts. Um, I wrote that I thought Texas A&M was going to win because they're playing at Kyle Field. Uh, I definitely believe that. You know, and I think that Auburn keeps this one close. And you know what? They might even win this game. But I'm going to double down on my picks always, and I'll never admit when I'm wrong. Uh, That's one of my greatest strengths. And so they're playing at Kyle Field, the 12th man. People forget 12 men is more than 11. Um, So Texas A&M wins this game. I think Bo Nix is a good quarterback, and eventually he'll be a great quarterback. But for now, Auburn's defense is going to have to win this game. Uh, And that's a solid defense, and I think this will be a close game. I think Auburn covers this spread. I think it's a three-point game.
1: Yeah, we actually – um, I'm sure a lot of people would understand that I have Auburn winning, uh, not just because I'm an Auburn fan mm. or graduated from Auburn. It's because Auburn is the better team, in my opinion. I think they have the better defense, uh, a good margin. And I also think that the loss of Ja'Sean Corbin for a and the running back, their starting running back, is going to be a bigger loss than people think. Um, Isaiah Spiller has come in as a freshman and done a really good job, but he did it against Lamar. That's not going to be the same, you know, talent that Auburn has on that defensive line. And I think the strength of this Auburn team is to front seven. They're going to make Kellen Mond beat them just like Clemson did. And I think Bo Nix in this Auburn offense makes just, just a few more plays in this Texas A&M team. I do not think Auburn is going to win by a lot. I would say less than 10. Uh, and I think this guy's going to come down to the last drive and Auburn pulls it out late.
0: You know, and I will say this, uh, I think we've touched on it in the past, mm-hmm. but I think that Kellen Mond's strength last year was that he did not commit turnovers. And so we see them uh, coming into this game, and Kevin, Kellen Mond has already I – mean, he already has three interceptions in the year. And so, uh, you know, if, if this Auburn defense can uh, pick him off, it, you know, maybe they can cause a few fumbles, uh, Auburn wins – you know, nine times out of ten uh but like i said i'll never admit when i'm wrong uh people hate that about me i love that about me i've got texas a&m cover or, and i've got auburn covering their spread
1: yeah and one other thing to talk about i think a lot of people are forgetting if a&m drops this game they become two and two oh and one in the sec that was a tough look. and they still have to play alabama lsu and georgia that is that that's not going to bode well. I mean, all three of those teams are in the top five in the country. So a could be looking at a very mediocre, rough season. And if they drop a game they're not supposed to, they could be on the edge of bowl eligibility. And as much money as they're paying Jimbo Fisher, I don't think the boosters and the AD and other people in charge of this you know athletic department are gonna go for you know missing a bowl game when you're one of the highest paid coaches of the country
0: no uh very bad look for Jimbo Fisher um you know I still think that that Florida State was in better hands with him than they were with Willie Taggart but yeah this (laughs) is definitely not a good look for uh for Fisher here
1: yeah definitely not and he still has yet to get a statement win his biggest statement win was a what was it, six overtime or seven overtime game against LSU? We're last not going to talk
0: about that game. But I don't think, gonna, we think that's a statement.
1: On. I don't think that's a statement <laughs> win though, because one LSU should have won that game if it wasn't for a BS call right. that they missed. And not at bad. that point, LSU wasn't playing for anything. Um, and you know, once you get to a seven OT game, I don't think a true better team has emerged. So I don't think that's a good statement win. He has not beat a team like Alabama or Georgia or anyone like that, and you know to come to beat a number eight Auburn team when they're three and zero, and a lot of people are predicting them to compete with Alabama and the SEC uh, SEC West. You have to win this game because you cannot fall to two and two zero and one the SEC and not get that statement win this year. So this Auburn game and the three games I just mentioned they still have left on their schedule are of the utmost importance for Jimbo Fisher um, and his tenure
0: here at Texas A&M. Right. Um, Let's go ahead and move on from this matchup to Oklahoma State at number 12, Texas, on Saturday at 6.30. Texas comes into this game as a six-point favorite.
1: Yeah, so I'm about to shock the world again. Um, As we've already said, Uh me and Brandon don't talk about picks. I have Oklahoma State coming – in and winning this game uh, I don't know if you guys know this Texas has not won against Oklahoma State in four years Oklahoma State has won the last four win last four games over Texas uh, that's that blew my mind when I read that because if you would have told me that before I researched this game I would have called you a liar Straight to no, your face, I, I would have said you're BSing me. And I, was you to very, in my
0: face. I was very close to calling you a liar right then. Um, I looked it up, and <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I can't believe that.
1: Yeah, uh, and I also also think the difference in this game, I'm about to blow your guys' mind again. Uh, doing my research, Oklahoma State has a running back who's leading the country in rushing and a wide receiver who's leading the country in receiving yards. Chuba
0: Howard is a grown man, Zach. That, this yes. guy – Yes. 521 yards <laughs> in just three games, seven touchdowns. Are you kidding me?
1: A monster. And Talon Wallace is no less of a man than Juba Hubbard either. No, dude, Almost is... 400 yards receiving and six touchdowns already. And this uh, this is going to get me to the reason why I think Oklahoma State takes this game. What Texas DB is stopping him? I, I want you to name one. I want you to name two. They're DB Zach. Yeah, no, they're not. We saw what Joe <laughs> Burrow did, and I think this wide receiving group for Oklahoma State is better than the one at LSU. And
0: I think whoa, this is – Whoa, 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 I don't know why you would do that.
1: No, okay, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Sanders at Oklahoma State. But LSU does not have a wide receiver like Tyler Wallace. I'm sorry. You, you, they do not. I mean, Justin they... Jefferson. Okay, Justin Jefferson couldn't hold this dude's jockstrap. strap. This dude is a yes. this dude's a grown man. Just because that, that uh, Justin Jefferson plays in the SEC, don't disrespect this boy like that. This man will this man will hurt you. Like LSU's secondary does not want to say Tylen Wallace. Is that a thing that people say? What he couldn't hold his jockstrap? <laughs> <laughs> Have you never heard that? Did you just make that up, dude? I swear, I uh, think I've heard that on ESPN. Like, it's kind
0: of it's kind of suspect, Zach.
1: Oh, Lord, bro. How many
0: jackstraps are you holding?
1: <laughs> None. I don't claim to be DBU and give up f- like almost 600 yards passing. Yikes. But I really think this Oklahoma State offense is going to score too many points. And Sam Ellinger is going to make too many mistakes. And Texas is going to get upset. Have Oklahoma State winning – Five out, seven to ten. I think late Sam Ellinger just can't get it together. He always seems to have one game a season where he just chokes it up, and I think this is going to be the game this year where he chokes this game away.
0: Yeah, um, and that's hard for me to you know to say, especially this season where he's thrown for nearly 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, and he has zero interceptions. Um, I mean, but I think you're right. I think this is a pretty close game. I think that Texas pulls it out but I do think that Oklahoma State covers the spread. Um, I think that, you know, this matchup has the possibility to score 100 points, and I'm not kidding. Uh, The over-under on this one is 73 points, and I think, I I mean, if both of these teams come to play, I mean, they're both averaging over 40 points a game. If they both come to play, um, they could each score 50. I mean, their defenses are allowing at least 24 points a game, and that's to the competition they've played so far.
1: Yeah. uh, uh, I couldn't see that happening. My biggest thing though, I'm just really, you know, worried that, you know, so you have Chuba Hubbard, you know, who can run it, right. You know, Texas doesn't allow a lot of rush yards, but if they're focusing on Tylen Wallace and stopping this pass game, who do you stop? Do you try to stop Hubbard? Do you try to stop Wallace? I don't think, I think they're just going to keep scoring and, Texas's rushing game is not good enough to make Oklahoma State not play, you know, deep coverage on them and try to stop that passing game. So I think that's the difference in the game. If Texas had a stronger running game, I might lean the other way. I just don't think they can keep up with this Oklahoma State offense.
0: No, I mean, Texas' running game is so bad that, I mean, Oklahoma State could be in a dime and tackle this guy behind the line. It's, it's bad.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think that's going to be a huge difference. And uh, I think this game will have a lot of points. I just think Oklahoma State can score a lot longer and a lot faster than Texas can.
0: Yeah, this might be the most fun game of the weekend, purely based oh, on Oh, I points. agree.
1: I cannot wait for this game. You know, it's, it's at 6.30. You know, you – I mean, we have games all day this weekend, man. I swear, I I, I get paid Friday, I might go buy two more TVs for my living room just so I can watch all the games.
0: <laughs> There's going to be so
1: said, much going on this weekend.
0: I already have two. I didn't know that I needed two TVs in my living room until I had it, and it is just – I mean, I've got – did you know they have a red zone channel for college football now?
1: Yeah, it's it's fire. Oh, it's my fire. gosh. In case you guys didn't know, if you guys don't want to pay for, like, big cable and you got strong Wi-Fi – Hulu, $50 a month. You can get the cable on there, and you could just specify college football channels, and they have everything.
0: Yeah, we're not sponsored by Hulu, but uh, sponsor <laughs> us, Hulu. Please, we need money. All right, oh, so let's man. move on to our next matchup. Uh, we have number seven, Notre Dame, visiting number three, Georgia, and Georgia comes in as a 14-point favorite. In this That's game. ridiculous.
1: That's Fire insane. whoever made that spread. I want
0: them fired. I want. I want them put in jail. Yeah, that is I'd, just that is, that's so ridiculous. I'm going to actually take a different stance from Zach. I want this guy making the spread for every game because this will be the <laughs> easiest money. that. Well, I'm, I'm retired, so I won't make any money on it. But this will be the easiest money that any gambler makes on a game ever. There is no way Georgia wins by 14 points.
1: Dude, if they come out and win by more than 14, give them the national championship because this team is going to be unstoppable. No, it just won't be fair. I mean that's going to be ridiculous. I mean I get it's it's in Athens. Dude, I've been to three games in Athens in my life. Sick. That is one of the loudest. I would rank that top 3 loudest stadiums I've ever been to and the two it's behind are are the two Death Valleys. Right. I've, and this stadium is crazy. This stadium has passionate fans and I promise you you will never see a Georgia game that's not sold out. Those fans come to root on their team, and they come prepared to be loud, obnoxious, and passionate. And I still don't think that's worth a 15, almost a 15-point spread. That is just asinine, in my opinion.
0: No, they're just the Raiders fans of college football. Uh, I think you have to have at least one felony to attend a Georgia football game, and that's why they're so scary, in my opinion. But this is borderline disrespectful to have Georgia as a two-touchdown favorite I mean, the last time they played, you know, granted it was two years ago, it was a one-point game. I mean, that's one of the best games I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and it was a one-point game and a low-scoring game. It was 19-20, right? Yeah, I'm really – I will be shocked if both teams don't score 30 this game because both of these offenses are revamped. Both teams averaging 50 – well, Georgia's averaging 49. Notre Dame's averaging 50 points per game and both teams are averaging over 500 yards per game I mean I know they both have not played you know strong opponents but that's a lot of that's a lot of yardage and a lot of points on people and I really think both these teams score over 30 and this game is with it was a single digit margin for whoever wins personally I think Georgia has the more consistent quarterback and as if you listen to our pre our season preview episode, I'm really high on Ian book. Um, I think he has a chance to end up in New York and this is his game to hang his hat on. If Ian book comes out into Athens and lights Georgia up and leads them to a win, I think he automatically becomes top three in the husband debate because yeah. no one has a better win than that.
0: No. And one of the things that I wrote, um, <laughs> word for word in my notes, I wrote that Ian book is just a diet. Jalen hurts. Um, he is leading his team, not only in passing, of course, but he's leading his team in rushing as well. Um, and I think that's one of the things, though, that Georgia has the upper hand on. I also have Georgia winning this game, uh, just not by 14. Um, yeah. I think that Jake <laughs> Fromm is miles ahead of even Ian Book in terms of passing. But Ian Book is Notre Dame's leading rusher. Um, but, I mean, the thing about Georgia is that they have a quarterback and a running back in DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift is averaging nearly 10 yards a carry.
1: Yeah, and don't forget that they have, like, six running backs that could start anywhere in the country. Right. Plus, they have George Pickens, the true freshman wide receiver. The kid is a monster. I'm talking about this kid might be the first wide receiver to win the house before he's done. I mean, highlight play after highlight play. But I also think, you know, Ian Bookman being the leading rusher for Notre Dame is kind of – embarrassing he only has 127 yards and two touchdowns no it's where where is your running back bro like in two games your running back couldn't get 120 yards because Ian Book isn't like you know isn't Jalen Hurts he isn't Cam Newton he isn't a fast speedy quarterback I mean he has
0: some mobility but he's not a true dual threat no he's definitely not not you know that's that's going to be a weakness for Notre Dame especially coming into this game uh, but one of the things I wanted to talk about was how Notre Dame struggled against Louisville in week one. I mean, they ended up pulling out the win, um, you know, pretty, you know, pretty soundly. But it wasn't like, you know, I think at halftime, I mean, the game was really close, right?
1: Yeah, it was. And, this could be – this is one. This is the main reason I picked Georgia, and it's because they really didn't have a defense that could stop the run. They they haven't played anybody. They played New Mexico and Louisville, and they've allowed 230 yards per game rushing. Georgia's averaging almost 300. I don't think they're going to be able to stop the run game, and that's what I think is going to cost them this game. And that's what Louisville took advantage of. Given Notre Dame made great halftime adjustments – I just don't think in this game halftime adjustments are going to cut it. You are going to have to come out ready to play. And if you wait till halftime, Georgia is going to be up 14 to 20 because they can put up points that fast.
0: Right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. Uh, we have Colorado playing at number 24, Arizona State. And Arizona State is a seven and a half point favorite in this game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Arizona State is coming off an impressive win. Um, you know, it's upset Michigan over. State. Yeah. 10 to 7 we all we all saw it you know the so they made the first field goal Michigan State did got called for too many men on the field I don't know how you have too many men on the field for a field goal but they did we'll let that slide I guess um and then they kick it again shank it but then the refs miss an Arizona State player leaping over the blockade of Michigan State players but they for, don't call the penalties so Arizona State wins very controversial it was a whole thing I'm sure if you watched ESPN after the game um, but that's that's huge and Colorado already has a big win over Nebraska this year in overtime 34-31 so both go ahead
0: no I just said I called it
1: oh uh, yeah he did that was his upside of the week and you know which one of these teams wants to make another statement because Arizona state has a chance to, you know, keep this, you know, in this narrative about the PAC 12, not being strong. They're 24th in the nation, three and O only allowing seven points a game too. That's impressive for any, any team, no matter who you've played. And they played the number 18 team in the country last week on the road. Um, So Personally, I think Arizona State pulls out a low-scoring win, and I think they keep the momentum of beating Michigan State last week.
0: Right. I think Arizona State is uh, is super hot coming off of this game, even literally. Um, but, you know, they cover the spread in this game, in my opinion. I think that they win by, you know, 10 points at least. You know, they're playing against a Colorado team that just simply, I mean, to state it, you know, to be frank, they aren't that good. Uh, you know, they beat Colorado State, who is pretty bad. They beat Nebraska, and everyone knows my thoughts on Nebraska. I mean, I, I just don't see Colorado picking up a win in this game. I, I just don't see their way they can do it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't either. I think Arizona. Especially in State, Tempe. You yeah, me? that's what I was about to say, man. Those, I mean, I don't know if you guys know the history of Tempe, but that's a party town, and they come ready to be loud just like the Georgia fans um I think the stadium is going to be rocking I think Arizona State's going to pull out a close one but they're going to go to 4-0 and there's some teams above them who could lose this we could be talking about a borderline top 15 team next week and for Herm Edwards who came from the NFL who a lot of people didn't believe in he has this program moving in the right direction and I'm extremely impressed with the the talent that he's got to Arizona State
0: yeah you gotta love Herm um Let's go ahead and move away from our pick six. Uh, those are our picks this week. We stand by them firmly, and we'll see who comes out ahead after this week. Uh, we're going to move on to our Upset of the Week segment. So, Zach, I'll let you go ahead and get started on this one.
1: Yeah, so as we know, uh, your boy is the Upset of the, peak, upset of the Week champion at this Can't point. Can't say it right. Oh, I don't even want to hear it, man. I <laughs> don't want to hear it. <laughs> but so my Upset of the Week comes in the S. SC- DC. I have South Carolina going to Missouri and pulling off the upset. They're a nine-and-a-half-point underdog to Missouri, which is that's fine with me. They're one and two. Uh, Lost last week to Alabama. They also had a loss week one against North Carolina. I think they showed major improvements against Alabama. I don't think the score really represented the difference between those teams. And I think Missouri – has made a very good, I guess, change since their opening week loss to Wyoming. But I don't think West Virginia is very good, in my opinion. And I think Ron Halitsky is the answer for South Carolina's offensive woes. So I think he's going to make the plays to win the game. I think Kelly Bryant still continues his outstanding play, almost 800 yards, six touchdowns. It's going to be a close game, but – I think South Carolina playing two good teams in their first three games makes the difference, and they pull out a very close one. I'd say a field goal to a touchdown, and South Carolina pulls the upset to get to two and two, one and one in the SEC.
0: All right. So moving on to my upset of the week, um, I've got BYU who comes in as a six and a half point underdog to number twenty two Washington. Um, they're playing at Washington, and. My reasoning behind this, I guess, is just because Zach Wilson, BYU's quarterback, is good. Uh, People have dubbed him the Mormon Manziel, and I'm hopping on that bandwagon all day long. That is the greatest nickname I've heard. Um, And and honestly, I'm grabbing at straws this week. Uh, I think our pick six includes a lot of the matchups that will be very close, and most of the potential upsets this week are going to be in those picks, but... I needed something. Um, I really need this because if I'm one and two on my upsets of the week after this week, Zach will never stop talking about it. And I know that none of us want that. Um, <laughs> so. Especially if
1: I go three and oh, man, I'm making oh, t-shirts, everything, man. Is- I'm giving away to all our followers for free. Yeah, like we're going all out.
0: It's, it's not going to be good. Uh, but I do have an honorable mention for my upset of the week. It, it's something that I almost oh, picked. No. no yeah. Um, and my, my, honorable mention is that Steelers fans are very upset about the Minka Patrick trade I know we're a college football podcast but I had to slip it in somewhere why are you upset about this I mean they got they got a number 11 draft pick from 2018 and Steelers fans cannot be more upset so if anything I'll be I'll be you know I'll be two and two after this week because that one is a lot
1: yeah, I, I don't understand that, man. Uh, uh, I don't even have an opinion on that. We can just move on.
0: We can yeah, he, just move on. He played college football. All right, so let's go ahead and go to our storylines of the week. Uh, I'll get started on this one. I, always, I feel like I always defer to you. So um, I'll get started on this. So if you guys are as interested in Hard Knocks as I am, that is the program that follows the uh, an NFL football franchise in their offseason, in their preseason games, and then they post a television show on HBO. We have some news for you. HBO will be debuting a brand-new show on October 9th called 24-7 College Sports, and this show will be featuring Florida, Penn State, Arizona State, and Washington State as the teams that they follow. So October 9th is actually my birthday. Shout-out to me and I couldn't have asked for a better present. Uh, 24-7 sports will basically be college football's version of Hard Knocks, like I said. It's going to be slightly different, though, because Hard Knocks deals with professional athletes, and 24-7 college sports will technically be covering amateurs. I mean, EA Sports had to discontinue the NCAA football game because they couldn't use players' likenesses. Uh, So before they discontinued the game, they already dropped the names off of the players' jerseys, uh, and this is off the back of animated players But now it's just okay to straight up film players and use their names. This isn't me saying that I want 27 sports, uh, 24/7 college football um, to be canceled or anything. This is just me advocating for the comeback of NCAA football. Uh, And seriously, just bring back the game. I'd spend at least a hundred dollars on a copy. I think Zach would too. Um, uh, And this has been my TED talk, but (laughs) but, uh, just hold with me um so back to what i was saying uh we know this is what the people want i wish hard knocks was year-round and now we get it for college football um i understand why arizona state and washington state are being followed on this show i mean mike leach and herm edwards they might be the most fun college football coaches in the nation maybe of all time and i'm literally itching to see what weird things they're up to on a day-to-day basis uh, and I, I, I guess Penn State's on here because it's saving HBO money on cameras just because of the security cameras they had to put in place after the Sandusky incident. <laughs> uh, that's the only, that's yeah. the only conclusion I could get to. But uh, yeah. And I seriously have no idea why Florida's being followed. I mean, I guess they needed some mediocrity in the program or something.
1: Uh, I'm not going to lie, though, man, like... If I was doing the show, I would have picked the biggest dumpster fires. Like I would have picked UCLA, Tennessee. Like yeah. You want that drama, man. Like, you want to see like, how Jeremy Pruitt doesn't spend any time preparing for his opponents?
0: No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and and, and I, I seriously think we need to make the TV show still where we take Jeremy Pruitt and Chip Kelly and just put them like coaching a high school football team and just see what happens. See if, like, it explodes on impact. I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's just bad. You know, I think we should just, like, so take all the kids that are in the transfer portal that can't find places to go and just make a team out of them and then let, like, the worst coach in college football coach them and see how that goes.
0: Uh, for anybody listening, we're, we're copywriting this ASAP, so don't even try. Uh, that's a, that is a <laughs> magnificent idea. I love this. <laughs> we're doing this. Uh, oh, Lord. But anyway, I mean – I don't understand why Florida's on it, I guess, so that we can see. I don't even know what what's at Florida. But in any case, be on the lookout for this show. It's going to be electric, and we are, we are more than likely going to be talking about it on this podcast at some point. So um, if you don't watch it, then spoiler alert, we're probably going to talk about it. All right, and that's my storyline of the week. Uh, and Zach has a very important one, so go ahead and kick it off.
1: Yeah, I'm going to call my storyline of the week. Mike Leach should be protected at all costs. So we did something we'd never done in this podcast. We actually got permission to use the audio of this interview so you guys know what we're talking about. Mike Leach was asked at a press conference who would win a battle of if like between Pac-12 mascots. So we're about to play that clip for you guys. Shout out to kxly Ford news uh, for allowing us to use their, their audio for this, uh, go check them out at KXLY.com. But, um, so, uh, we'll
3: play the clip for you guys and we'll discuss it with y'all. Cause this is absolute college football gold. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the wildcats out, uh, the Trojan is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the bruin definitely formidable another bear up there at cal uh the tree i imagine that tree's going to get chopped down unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something i don't know and then um, the duck the uh, duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there which may be good advice under the circumstances uh the husky no chance uh the beaver well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the, uh, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone, uh, a Buffalo is going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a Buffalo is d- utterly outstanding. Well, but, Butch but is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will Butch will find a way. There's no question. The kugel will find a way, uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and, and, uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your, uh, your chances or your openings. So. As as y'all heard, um, I don't know
1: about you, Brandon, but I actually do not know if Sun Devils have mythical powers or not. Uh,
0: Did you look up what a Sun Devil was? uh, uh, Not personally. I just figured it was like. It's not nearly as fun as you would think.
3: Well,
1: I mean, it doesn't sound fun. Like a Sun Devil? (laughs) I mean, like, that could be like, do they live on the, are they devils that live on the sun? Or are they just like devils, like normal devils because it's hot in hell? I don't know. I didn't come up with the Sun Devil idea. Um, you know, my, one of my favorite quotes, though, was when he said, the duck might fly away, which is advisable in his situation. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, he definitely knew he wasn't pick. He, he was not going to pick the duck to win this fight. He, know, he understood. He well, knew.
0: No, and you I mean, have to. You can't uh, pick a duck. Are you kidding me?
1: Right. And, he, dude, the whole, like, the ute would be a problem with a rifle, I was crying, man. No, like I cracked up. Really? Like, you know, did he trade in his bow for a rifle? Like, <laughs> who, like who who would
0: ever think about that, man? Mike I mean, is also the coach who I think last year said that he was, uh, and I quote, really into pirates, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. I believe that was him. Yeah. He has a lot of, like, awesome quotes, man. Like, Auburn, if you get rid of Gus Malzahn, I want this guy. I'll pay whatever. I've already paid, like – a hundred something grand in tuition. Like, please just let me have Mike Leach <laughs> for a few years.
0: That no, is and, great. And, and and I'm not a big politics guy. There, it's kind of boring. But I think Mike Leach should be our next president. I don't even think we should just protect him at all costs. I think I would vote for this man.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. I let I let him lead me into like the Pac-12 mascot battle too. <laughs> he could be like a general. I this mean, is what our
0: country needs.
1: I mean, when he said a buffalo is utterly outstanding. It is. I mean I mean I got like I mean who's taking down Ralphie? No one absolutely I don't I don't I don't see it and then dude my all time favorite quote of this I might get this tattooed on myself is when he said we we have to ask a Harry Potter fan how to how to kill a sun devil
2: or if it's even possible <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't know if he's read Harry Potter. I don't think there's a Sun Devil in Harry Potter. If I'm, I don't know. I was in, like, fourth grade last time I read him. But I, I, I remember when I saw this clip, this would be perfect for the storyline of the week because this right here is an all-time college football, like, I guess, interview uh, clip. I mean, it's right up there with the Mike Gundy. I mean, I'm a man, quote i mean and that 40. video lives forever right i mean call me out <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean dude that
1: is that is just pure gold but i mean mike leach is my idol guys and if uh, uh, my storyline of the week if mike leach talks it might just be my storyline of the week for like the end of this podcast i mean this is this dude i don't even understand i mean go follow him on twitter we don't get sponsored by washington state or mike leach but go follow mike leach on twitter i Promise you, you won't regret it. Shout out, Washington State. Please
0: sponsor us. Um, <laughs> and actually, Zach and I were so inspired by this interview that we decided that we were going to power rank our top five college mascots. And so we've got a snake draft for you guys right here live on the show. So, Zach, why don't you go ahead and get started?
1: Yeah. So, um, I love this list. This is so much more fun than our last top 15 ranking when nothing changed. Um, so my number five is actually the Seminole from uh, Florida State, where he comes in on the horse with, like, the big uh, arrow and all the spear and all that kind of stuff. That is just awesome. I think he gets to crowd fired up if anyone would ever show up to the games again. Um, maybe it will be more <laughs> exciting when they get good. But back in the day as a kid, I used to just – watch their games and see that happening and just want to be there. So I'm going to put that, I'm going to put that some all at number five. Uh,
0: with my number five, I'm going to go ahead and mention Ugga from Georgia. This is an awesome mascot. He's a bulldog. He is, I mean, he's a dog. He's a pet dog essentially. And who doesn't love a dog? So with my number five pick, I've got Uga, just an all around lovable mascot. Um, with my number four, I'm going to say, uh, Let's do Bevo from the University of Texas. So we've got a Longhorn. Um, essentially, this team just decided to risk it all. They were going to go with a cattle as their mascot, and so they chose <laughs> they chose an animal with just some so just some weapons coming out of the side of its head and these long horns. Um, that- so the University of Texas Cattle get my number four spot.
1: That's funny that you put Ugga and Bevo like right next to each other after Bevo literally tried to kill Ugga like last year at the Sugar yeah, Bowl.
0: I'm a I'm a big life mascot guy.
1: Yeah, I, I see that, man. Um, so my number four is the Trojan for USC, kind of similar to the Seminole at FSU. I think it's a lot cooler, though. He's got a bunch of armor. I mean, he comes flying out there on the horse. I mean, he gets to crowd fired up. Um, I remember watching back in the Reggie Bush days when USC was at its height and it would just be one of the coolest things to see. So hopefully one day I'll make it out to Southern California and get to see that love. Um, my number three is uh, Ralphie the Buffalo.
0: Oh, no, um, this is getting contentious.
1: I I don't know about like you guys, but I don't even understand why they put people next to him to control him because he's just going to kill those people one day if he just has enough. I mean, that Buffalo's really steering them. I don't understand why, uh, you know, they even tried it. But, you know, they have the balls to run them out there on the field and act like they're going to stop them from (laughs) killing somebody. So I'm all for danger. So, uh, Ralphie the Buffalo is number three.
0: Big danger guy. Uh, With my number three, I'm going to go with the university. I'm going to go with – well, I guess it's Dartmouth University. A bunch of nerds up there in the Ivy League. But their mascot is Keggy the Keg, and let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about college right now, guys. This is just all the stereotypes rolled into one. Who doesn't love an ice cold beer on game day? Who doesn't love a keg? Who whom amongst us hasn't done a keg stand? And so I'm going with Keggy the Keg, maybe the greatest mascot of all time. I think it's a steal at number three on my list. Um, with number two. I was going to say Ralphie the Buffalo, great mascot. Zach took him, so here's my number two. I'm going with Puddles the Duck. And I know most of you are thinking, who in the world is Puddles the Duck? (laughs) I bet you didn't know that Oregon's mascot had a name. His name is Puddles. And I didn't know that either, and he wouldn't have made my list unless his name was Puddles. So here he is. When I was a kid, I thought it was just Donald Duck, but I guess Puddles (laughs) the Duck lands at number two on my list.
1: Uh, the, he's a very involved mascot, by the way, man. Like, he, sh- he surfs the crowd. I mean, he does all kind of crazy oh, stuff. He's
2: awesome.
1: Yeah, I wonder if, it, that, like, you know, I wish Nike would sponsor him just like they do the football team and, like, the rest of the school. And, like, he had, like, 900 different uniform combinations, too. That would be like, he'd come out every game and they'd be like, Who is that? It's like the new mascot for this week, man. You didn't know? <laughs> it, it's a great concept, guys. I mean, I'll, I'll you know, copyright it. Right? But, um, so my number two is a little biased. Um, it is Nova and Spirit, the mm-hmm. Eagles uh, that Auburn rotates to fly around the uh, stadium before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen this countless of times. Uh, it is one of the coolest things in college football. If you ever get a chance to go to the Auburn game, I recommend it. Brandon's booing, but when he was there, he thought it was the coolest thing ever, it's so, so cool. don't, let, don't, don't let him front. Um, there's nothing like it. The fans get super, super hyped for it. Uh, as it circles the field, everyone chants War Eagle. It's a whole thing. So I'm going to go with Nova spirit as my number two. Um, and my number one, I don't even think there's a debate. I really don't. I I think there's one mascot that everyone should think about. And if they don't, they need to reevaluate their mascots. Um, it is Mike, the tiger at LSU. Great. mascot. Uh, Amazing. You have a whole tiger, bro. Like where did y'all even get a tiger? I, I don't even understand how that was allowed. Yeah, they're, they they're used to,
0: danger for sure.
1: Yeah, like they used <laughs> to put it by the locker room. It's like, what happened if that door was supposedly unlocked? And, like, they attacked the star player. Like, that is – that? I, I'm, like I told you all, I'm all here for danger. I am for this. And <laughs> I've been lucky enough to go to LSU two or three times and get to see Mike in his, in his, in his enclosure. The enclosure is one of the coolest things too. They got him hooked up. Um, his crib is awesome, and I love how they feed him like meat in the shape of the college logo that they're playing that week. Magnificent. I am all for Mike the Tiger, and I am jealous as an Auburn Tiger fan that we picked an eagle over a tiger.
0: We are actually going to start a petition on this podcast uh, to make LSU start wheeling around Mike the Tiger before games again because they stopped doing that, and I think it's a bunch of crap. And we're going to get them to do it again. We need everyone's signatures.
1: And uh, I'm going to up your proposition. Okay, I say I say any team that has a tiger mascot at the end of their like name has to get their own tiger. And when those teams play, the tigers have to fight. Oh, the tigers! Fight. Oh, dude, you that right. would that would be fire. I'd, uh, I'd do pay per
0: view for that, bro. Uh, Peta's going to be honest about that, but it's all right. it's okay.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. We're not sponsored <laughs> by Peta. We don't want you, Peta. Get yeah, out of here, Peta.
0: Get out of here. <laughs> All right, and with my number one, I'm going to go with the Leprechaun from Notre Dame. Um, I think my favorite thing about the Leprechaun, at least recently, is that people online are mad about the Leprechaun. They're mad about how there's a black Leprechaun. Um, they're mad about how – they're just mad about everything. Uh, if it's not a short, white, freckled guy, then they're upset about it. And That's my favorite thing about the Leprechaun because I think the Leprechaun can be whatever. The um, leprechaun's a magical creature, kind of like the Sun Devil. Don't know what kind of powers he has. Know that he has access to a bunch of gold and, and a
1: rainbow, bro. He has bones of rainbow, like dude. I would trade in my college degree if I could just have a rainbow. You no, got you me, just, you got me messed up.
0: You just got to be hanging out with a rainbow, rainbow and a pot of gold. That's all I need, uh, and maybe even like a leprechaun pipe. You ever seen that video? Uh, well, we grew up in Mobile, so we know about the Mobile leprechaun.
1: Oh yeah, bro. He's always he always up in the trees and everything. Yeah. Do you think it was A the boy, same one? I don't know, man. Like, I mean, what, was it during football season? Did he was like on his off period? He goes and hangs out in Crichton.
0: Yeah, he just goes and hangs out. <laughs> yeah. That's that's his favorite thing to do, just in the trees, casting shadows. Um,
1: but yeah, this Scare, scaring is, everybody.
0: <laughs> this is, okay. So this has been our um, our storyline segment, which. We might just have to rename this story time at this point. This is, it's awesome, I think, but uh, let's go ahead and move on to our Heisman watch. Uh, Maybe our most contentious segment yet.
1: I swear to God, if Jonathan Taylor's number one, I will quit the podcast. (laughs) I'm just telling you guys, this podcast will end at episode seven of Jonathan Taylor's (laughs) number one. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, Now I'm kind of scared to tell you. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and kick this one off too. Uh, with number three, I have, I, I don't even want to say it. I've got Jonathan Taylor at number three. Um, you know, earlier I mentioned that I don't ever back down from a take. I don't ever admit when I was wrong. I'll make an exception to that. I was a little wrong and I wasn't even that wrong with Jonathan Taylor. I think I was just more wrong with, uh, with, with, uh, Herbert. And I was more wrong, um, Dude, I don't even remember the wide receiver's name that I said last week. I just did some research, but I was wrong.
1: Mm. Uh, I'm glad you learned your lesson, bro. I'm so glad I don't have to quit the podcast. It's so nice. Yeah, oh. it's,
0: it's, it's a good day.
1: So my number three is someone new in my list. I think he deserves it. I'm about to throw up saying it. But I have Tua Tagovailoa as my number three in the house watch. That's a good day. Yeah. I don't know, man. For, for for being a kid from Southern Alabama, man, I said that pretty decently. I um, said
0: it better than I did in the
1: first Yeah. <laughs> so he's the Alabama quarterback. I'm sure you guys all know that. Um, he has a 76% completion percentage, over 1,000 yards passing, 12 interceptions. I mean, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, you know, the only thing that's keeping him from being higher is he doesn't really have a signature moment. Um, His biggest pass was taken by Najee Harris and Najee Harris made that play a highlight. A lot of his touchdowns aren't him making the plays in my opinion. I think it's Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, and, you know, people like Najee Harris taking his little dump off passes to the house because they're so fast and so athletic. Um, I'm still not taking anything away from him. The only thing I'm asking of him is to keep this up the whole season. We saw last year in the Georgia SEC championship game and the Clipson uh, national championship game, he looked overwhelmed, and he did not look like the same quarterback that lit up the SEC the whole year. So if Tua can put a whole season together, I think he has a really good shot at winning the husband
0: Yeah, and that's the same reason that I've got him at my number two spot. Um, he is just – I mean – and I've said it in the first – you know, I've said it before um, – I don't think that Tua is a great quarterback. He's a fantastic athlete though. And he does, he is working with the best wide receivers in the nation, uh, probably the best wide receiver in the nation and, uh in Jerry Judy, especially. So um, I mean, it's almost like he just throws up the ball and these receivers are going to get it. But I mean, I can't, you know, I can't kill him too much for that. I mean, he doesn't control that situation. I do think he's a, you know, he's a great athlete. Um, I don't know that he'll translate well into the NFL, but that doesn't matter for Heisman. Uh, Heisman's just the most outstanding college uh, player, and he is definitely in the hunt right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I have another SEC quarterback at number two. Oh, shocker. He was
0: number two
1: in my uh, list last week, and it's Joe Burrow from LSU. Um, he has an 83% completion percentage, uh, over 1,100 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Um, so – Kind of similar stats to Tua. He has a little bit better stats than Tua, in my opinion. And he also has a big – he's also played on a bigger stage against Texas in primetime on the road and had one of his hosman moments with that last – with the throw on third and 18 where he hit Jordan Jefferson for the game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. He also has plenty of more opportunities playing in the SEC to uh, – make a statement. He starts to play Auburn. He starts to play Alabama. He has the SEC championship game. He still has a game against Texas A&M. He has a lot more games ahead of him to, you know, bump him up to to, the, to be one of the, I guess, to be the front runner of the Heisman. But I think Joe Burrow has played outstanding, and I think he's underrated on a lot of people's lists because they take last season into account, and I think he's played better than Tua Trevor Lawrence and a lot of these quarterbacks have so far this year and just doesn't get the respect he deserves.
0: All right. Uh, go ahead and say your number one, because it's just going to make me feel bad if I have to say it first.
1: <laughs> so we both have Jalen Hurts is number one. Jalen Heisman. Jalen Heisman. J- Jalen Heisman, guys 80% completion percentage, 880 yards, nine touchdowns, almost 400 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. Is my uh, in in my notes, I have, is this even a race anymore? <laughs> I mean, Joe Burrow and Tua have better passing yards, but they aren't the running threats Jalen Hurts is. And I think they have more health than Jalen Hurts does. Yes, CC um, Lamb is a beast, but they have way less talent than LSU and Alabama, in my opinion. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to lead this team a lot further than, you know, if you put Joe Burrow in Oklahoma, I don't, still don't think they go as far. Um, I think Jalen Hurts has been an X factor, and in my opinion, based off the eye test, because I've watched multiple games from both all three of these quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback out of these three quarterbacks right now, even though his stats might not completely re- reflect it, but I think he's running away with this.
0: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Uh, no, no disagreement there. Uh, he's the best player in college football right now, and I think he'll hold on to that throughout the season.
1: No doubt. And, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say the defenses aren't the same. But, to me, to put up the stats that Jalen Hurts has and the stats that Baker Mayfield did two years ago and Kyler Murray put up a year ago, I don't care if you play in a group of five conference. To put up the type of numbers that Oklahoma quarterbacks have been putting up is is outstanding, and I take nothing away from any of those players in their college days.
0: No, you can't. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to our last segment of the day Uh, maybe our best segment of the day we'll find out this is the segment that Zach teased in our last episode we gave it a name this is Brandon's Gambling Corner Uh, he promised a segment where I need a team that will almost win so that I can feel better so here it is it's Brandon's Gambling Corner during this segment I'll be giving you all of our favorite picks of the weekend free of charge if you win slide a little our way I retired from gambling. I think Zach retired from gambling. So, this segment is just for the degenerates out there. It's not even for us. So, let's cue up the music and let's go. With my number one pick on the weekend, I've got Tennessee as a 14 point underdog against Florida in Gainesville. And I've got Tennessee covering this game. There's no way they lose by 14. Tennessee won a game last week, and I'm a big overreaction guy. Felipe Franks is out for the season, so this is easy money. Put your bets in now, or don't. Maybe you're retired like me. With my number two pick, I've got Northwestern as a nine, uh, nine and nine-and-a-half point underdog against Michigan State, and they cover this spread easy. And I, I was so close to putting Northwestern money line on this game, but I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to play it super safe, and, and I'm going to tell you guys to bet the spread this week but they are plus 310 on that money line. So if that number is calling your name, go ahead and bet it. I'm retired. I will not be betting. Zach, let's hear some of your picks.
1: Yeah. So my, uh, my two picks are Illinois over, um, will cover the spread against Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska is a 13 point favorite. So definitely take Illinois on that. Nebraska is not beating them by 13 points. And, If you're looking for someone to take, you know, as a favorite, take LSU over Vanderbilt. LSU is a 24-point favorite. LSU will win by no less than 40. Take LSU.
0: Let's go take LSU. And for our last matchup of the day, we've got our chase game. That's right, our chase game. Hawaii beats Central Arkansas outright. Hawaii cannot lose on the island. They're a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. That doesn't matter. The spread odds are at minus 120. The money line is at minus seven fifty. That doesn't matter to us. If you need to win a game, bet on Hawaii this weekend. All right, and that's going to wrap up that segment. Um, very high energy. I like that music a lot. So, um, and that's actually going to wrap up our episode this week.
1: Yeah. So, um, let just keep uh, be on, be on the lookout for more Instagram posts. We keep trying to stay active on that. Um, we are officially on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, um, Anchor, YouTube. Um, I believe is is that it. I know there's we like we are a bunch. available
0: wherever you listen to podcasts. I think that we're yeah. on every single platform that that Anchor allows us to be on. So
1: yeah, so definitely definitely go check us out. Listen wherever you need, wherever you want. Uh, keep supporting the podcast, man. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, this thing is way bigger than I ever thought it was going to be. Um, so shout out to you guys for that. Um, please let us know if you're interested in buying any merch. We've been talking about some t-shirt ideas and things like that. Maybe some like koozies, other things like that. Let us know if you're interested. We will, we will produce that stuff for you guys. If you guys are actually interested, um, So shout out to everyone who's listening, but definitely let us know if you're interested in things like that.
0: Yeah. Hit us up. Uh, Don't be afraid. And you know, in all, in all honesty, we're probably going to produce these things for pretty cheap. So we know, we know that we're balling on a budget. So our listeners are probably also balling on a budget. So we're not going to charge you crazy amounts of money for any of this. Um, We're just happy that people want our merch. So let us know, uh, send us a DM follow us on Instagram at the underscore bluebloods. Um, and here's another reminder to subscribe to our podcast. So if you're not subscribed, if you're just listening, then what are you doing? Go ahead and subscribe and while you're at it, leave us a five star review. Uh, if you leave us a five star review and you leave a take in the comment section there, we'll read that aloud. I might steal your take like I said in the last ep- or on the previous episode. <laughs> How lucky would you be to have me steal your take on this podcast?
1: <laughs> nah we'll give you a shout out bro don't worry about none of that i will not let him take your ideas we do not support plagiarism out here um nerd <laughs> but um definitely uh keep interacting with us um we'll probably do a thing when we drop our merch where like the first 10 people to reach out or say they want some might get it for free uh we'll play around with some ideas like that but um definitely leave us a review leave us comments dm us with like real thoughts about what you think what we can improve on what you want to hear different things like that if you want to hear a segment that we're not doing we are always into new segments we try to bring you a new one uh just about every episode so please let us know
0: every single episode
1: yeah we have so we try to stay creative for you guys so uh just let us know if you have any ideas that you want produced on this podcast um and shout out to you guys for for keeping listening to this
0: all right and that's a wrap